0: Welcome to Messy Closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X. I'm Roseanne Carlo, and here we explore the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and the lessons my friends and I may or may not have learned. Thanks for tuning in. It's great to be back on the mic again, coming to you from Soundtrap and Podbean. And today, I'm going to talk about something that is before my time, but very significant, A tragedy that took place 63 years ago, on February 3rd, 1959, the day the music died. From CBS News, on July 20th, 2022, 50 years after his song American Pie became a hit, singer-songwriter Don McLean is talking about the meaning of the song. There's a new documentary called The Day the Music Died, the story of Don McLean's American Pie on Paramount+. Plus. He wrote this song in 1971, and it is about the 1959 plane crash that killed his idol, singer-songwriter Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly was also brought back to life in the 1994 release of the album Weezer and the song Buddy Holly. It's actually one of my favorite videos because it takes place at Arnold's and it's got the Happy Days crew, it's got Fonzie in it, still goes down in history as one of my favorite songs, one of my favorite bands, but it just shows you the impact that Buddy Holly and everyone on this plane who died in this plane crash, the impact that they had, not just on the world of music, but on other musicians. So, I'm going to go deep into this story, and let's tell the story of the day the music died. Now, the song came out in 1971. The plane crash happened in 1959. So, Gen Xers grew up hearing about this particular tragedy because our parents loved that music and they used to dance to it in school, with friends, whatever they were doing, that music was part of their lives. And I've said it before, Gen Xers grew up listening to our parents' music from the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. We didn't get our own taste of our generation's music until the 80s. And I love all of the music, but I definitely remember American pie being very significant and being told what my parents remembered of the story of this plane crash. So February 3rd, 1959, a very cold day, Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and J.P. Richardson, known as the Big Bopper, all were killed in a plane crash near Clear Lake, Iowa with pilot Roger Peterson. And this day became known later on as the day the music died because it was an incredibly devastating accident and tragedy in the world of music. So they stopped at Clear Lake to perform and it was freezing cold. The conditions on these tour buses were awful. They were getting the flu. They were getting frostbite. They were just really subject to... You know something that performers we suffer for our art, but this was a bit beyond. So Buddy Holly's band consisted of Waylon Jennings, Tommy Alsop, and Carl Bunch, and they were playing this like winter dance party tour across the Midwest. And if anyone's ever been to the Midwest in the winter, it's colder than upstate New York, and Bless you all for being able to live through those sub-zero temperatures because I'm having a hard time right now. Oh, back to this tour. So, Dion and the Belmonts had joined the group and they're all, you know, on these buses and everything. So, Buddy Holly was just fed up, frustrated. So, he chartered a plane to get to their next venue in Moorhead, Minnesota. So the big bopper, was suffering from the flu and he swapped places with Waylon Jennings. So he took his seat on the plane and the other band member, also, he lost his seat to Richie Valens in a coin toss. So they took off late night and in poor wintry weather conditions and the pilot lost control of the aircraft. It was a Beechcraft Bonanza And it just took everyone's life on board. Buddy Holly's wife Maria Elena Holly learned of her husband's death on the news and she actually suffered a miscarriage and you know was just completely traumatized and Buddy Holly's mother screamed and collapsed so It's just so sad because they actually kept going on with this winter dance party tour. So 15-year-old Bobby V was given the task of filling in for Buddy Holly at the next scheduled performance in Moorhead because he knew all of the words to all of the songs, and Jennings and Alsop carried on for two more weeks with Jennings taking Holly's place as lead singer. So talk about... The show must go on and the music business pushing for this. There were no breaks. There was just people stepping in. Now there uh, there's a concert poster that still exists. It says Buddy Holly and the Crickets, the Big Bopper, Richie valens and Dion and the Belmonts, and it says Saturday night seven thirty till eleven in Mancato, Minnesota in the Caddo Ballroom, and the tickets were a fifty per person. And the parents could go with no charge. And it says dress to dress right to feel right. I have no idea what that means. Maybe that was just a saying back in the 50s. But this inspired Don McLean to write the day the music died. So back to quoting him on CBS News, he said the song was a phenomenon immediately and even though I didn't mention Buddy Holly, I dedicated the album to him in like two point type, very small, and everybody figured it out, you know, they started connecting the whole thing. So if you wanna watch everything the day the music died, the story of Don McLean's American Pie. It's streaming on Paramount Plus, and that is owned by CBS2's parent company, our parent Paramount. That was a tongue twister. So Buddy Holly was born Charles Hardin Holly, September 7th, 1936 in Lubbock, Texas, and of course passed away February 3rd, 1959 in Clear Lake, Iowa. So he was an American singer and songwriter, and he was a central and pioneering figure of mid-1950s rock and roll, and he was born into a musical family in Lubbock, Texas during the Great Depression and learned to play the guitar and sing alongside his siblings. Buddy Holly released three albums in his life in 1957, The Chirping Crickets, in 1958, Buddy Holly, and in 1958, That'll Be The Day, and that was with Buddy Holly and the three tunes, and the Buddy Holly album in 1958 was a complete solo album. And then, on February 28, 1959, the Buddy Holly Story album was released, and then The Buddy Holly Story Volume 2. This is all after his death. Reminiscing, Showcase, Holly in the Hills the best of buddy holly and this is in the 1960s and buddy holly's greatest hits and it goes on through the 70s, 80s and 90s with you know different versions of his songs and his singles buddy holly's top 5 songs are that'll be the day peggy sue oh boy i'm going to love you too and Maybe Baby. So there is a film called The Buddy Holly Story. It's a 1978 American film and it has an Oscar-nominated lead performance by Gary Busey playing Buddy Holly. Maria Richwine played Maria Elena Holly. The film also stars Don Stroud, Charles Martin Smith, Conrad Janice, and William Jordan. It is directed by Steve Rash, and the screenplay is by Robert Gittler. And this movie was adapted by Robert Gittler from Buddy Holly, His Life and Music, the 1975 biography of Holly by John Goldrosen and was directed by Steve Rash. Tells the story of Buddy and his friends drummer Jesse Charles and bass player Ray Bob Simmons performing at the Roller Rink in Lubbock, Texas as the Crickets and a local radio station broadcasts the show and Buddy plays a country song but then switches to rock and roll and all the teens get excited and the radio stations are really angry because no one liked rock and, rock and roll back then and um, yeah, and basically what happened after that was Riley tells Buddy that Choral Records wants the band to make a recording in Nashville, Tennessee and that was it he walked out when his rock and roll version clashed with the producers who wanted the Crickets to play country music and later Riley says he sent a tape of Crickets' roller rink performance to New York City music producer Ross Turner and he thought that The demo tape was a master copy, and he released it without signing the band yet under contract, and the record is a hit, and Buddy can now pursue music full-time in New York City. The Crickets meet with Turner, and after initial resistance, he agrees that Buddy can make music exactly how he wants. So Buddy Holly was a badass. Giles Perry or J.P. Richardson Jr. Also known as the Big Bopper, he was a musician and disc jockey, and his best songs include Chantilly Lace and White Lightning, and that song became George Jones' first number one hit in 1959. He was born October 24th, 1930, in Sabine Pass, Port Arthur, Texas. That is two Texans so far so talented and taken way, way too soon. He was only 28 years old at the time of his death. Buddy Holly was only 22, and he had a widow that was six months pregnant. That's so sad. So the Big Bopper was not only a vocalist, but he played the guitar too. And he basically just had this big personality If you've never heard the song Chantilly Lace, you've got to. If you do know what I'm talking about, I think you can hear his voice in your head. It is that strong and unique and powerful. The Big Bopper actually studied law at Lamar College and he was a member of the band and chorus there and worked part-time at KTRM Radio and then got married on April 18th, 1952 to Adrian Joy Friu from Montegate, Louisiana. And in 55, he had joined the U.S. Army where he spent two years as a radar instructor at Fort Bliss and then, when discharged, began working at KTRM Radio where he held down the dishwasher's serenade shift from 11 a.m., to 12.30 p.m., Monday through Friday. And the sponsors loved him, so one wanted him for a new time slot and suggested a gimmick for the show. And the Big Bopper, Richardson, as he was known then, noticed the college kids doing a dance called the Bop, so he thought that he should be known as the Big Bopper, and he kicked off this new radio show from 3 to 6 p.m., and soon it be- he became the station's program director. So he um, just kept going and going and writing songs and the tour came about and then that fateful day. So another really incredibly smart and talented musician who was almost a lawyer, gone too soon. And the reason this happened is because he recorded Chantilly Lace, and it was such a hit that he took time off from the radio station to do the winter dance party tour. And as I said, Richardson was 28 at the time of his death, and he left behind a four-year-old daughter and a baby son who was born after he passed. And out of everyone who passed in this plane crash, besides the pilot, the big bopper, J.P. Richardson Jr. is the only member to not have his own biopic movie. And we all know that Richie Valens, of course, was another victim of this plane crash. And he basically became an overnight success in 1958, thanks to this love ballad called Donna that he wrote for his girlfriend, whose parents didn't want her to date a Latino boy. Richie Valens was born Richard Steven Valenzuela, and he was an American guitarist and singer, rock and roll pioneer, and forefather of the Chicago rock movement. He was born May 13th, 1941, in Los Angeles, California. And this is very tragic because Richie Valens was only 17 years old when he died so his sweetheart Donna did go to Richie Valens funeral and told his family that they had been engaged but also had said in another interview or documentary that he never did get to propose so Either way, it's just so tragic because he was only 17 and, you know, so talented. So besides Donna, we've got La Bamba, Come On Let's Go, and We Belong Together as his biggest hits. And they were all recorded in 1958. And he didn't have too many recordings his self-titled album his first and only was released shortly after the accident and did very well in the charts and of course he was introduced to all of us gen xers in the 1987 movie la bomba and that was starring lou diamond phillips it was amazing It was incredible. I love that movie so much. Lou Diamond Phillips did an amazing job as Richie Valens and he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2001. About damn time. Well everyone, I googled the pilot Roger Peterson and it seems that he may be the one that is um, gonna take the blame in history for this because there's not a lot about him. It only says Roger Peterson, pilot, 1937 to 1959, pilot of the plane that crashed, killing Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and Giles Perry Richardson, the big bopper. Now, whereas I agree it was probably not in the best interest of the pilot to take off, ouch. I am shocked that there's not much about him. If I click on his name further, it just goes to the Wikipedia page that says the day the music died and talks about the musicians. So yeah, that just um, kind of tells you how they feel about the pilot. And if you don't have a strong stomach, don't look at the picture of the wreckage. It's black and white, but still, it looks really, really, Um bad. Just bad. So Dion and the Belmonts were a trio that, well, they've got really great harmonies. They were big in the 1950s. And of course, they're all from the Bronx, New York. It's Dion DeMucci, And it was Angelo DeLeo and Carlo Mastrangelo. And Fred Milano performed the quartet. So they're doo rock and roll, pop. R&B and Soul Group, and they originated in 1957. They've got great, great songs as The Wanderer, I Wonder Why, Where or When, That's My Deary, No One Knows, Wonderful Girl, Lover's Prayer, they got Run Around Sue. I mean, who hasn't danced to that at a wedding? So, you know, this music is lasting. All of this music, when we were growing up, in the 70s, the 80s, we heard this all the time. And even later in years when many of us were like getting married or whatever we were doing, we always incorporated these songs into like the DJ set. And if you know Italians, when I say whatever we were doing, I mean a baptism, a first birthday, um, communion, confirmation, Graduation of high school, college, got your PhD, got engaged, bridal shower, wedding, housewarming, you name it, there's a party for it all. And any chance to celebrate, and any chance to take a little bit. Of our parents' generation and bring it into our lives today. And a great way to do that was music because who didn't want to dance to 1950s rock and roll? It was meant for that, you know, even though it wasn't our time, we would watch our parents and dance like them. And that's, I think, a big difference between like the generations today, at least for me. Like we joke, you know, we were forgotten. I liked it that way. I liked the independence of, you know, just being outside and away for a little while, getting to do my own thing, because once you were in the house, you know, you had to do what everyone else wanted to do. So I enjoyed the little bit of freedom. I'm not complaining about it. It's a matter-of-fact statement. We went outside the lights came on we went back inside was this every single day of our lives no it was only in the summer because that's at least in New York that's when it was warm enough to do it so you're talking like you know 8 9 weeks out of the year we and and you know after school a little bit but after school was homework or clubs or dance class for me um you know going to a friend's house to do our homework we didn't have play dates we just decided in class we wanted You know, we wanted to go to our friend's house. We didn't like plan it out and drop off and pick up and all this stuff. They called. Is she ready? No, she wants to stay for dinner. Okay, I'll pick her up later. That was how we did it. So the thing that I see different, and I don't know if it's like all millennials and all Gen Zs, but it's like you. I guess it's not that different though because you're embracing all of the 80s music and the 90s music and that is your parents' music. We just did it more at parties and you guys are doing it online, so huh, there's actually a connection I didn't realize was so similar in that we really did like like our parents' music and it had an impact on us and these younger kids now our music is having an impact on them and I hope it's a positive one because like I've said before I loved growing up when we did I loved the fact that we had that freedom that you know we didn't have a million ways to find us and that we learned how to keep ourselves safe we learned how to get ourselves out of trouble. We learned how to handle arguments with friends that were arbitrary and meaningless anyway because we were just gonna see them the next day and hang out. We learned how to do all of these things and I think we're better people for it. I think we shaped the world in a much different way because we just, you know, we're on our own so much and autonomously making decisions. I loved that and then getting home if my parents wanted to talk about you know the music that they loved and put on their records and some of it was dion and the belmonts and the platters and buddy holly and other times it was dolly parton and john denver kenny rogers you know and then i started with blondie and all of these like you know other kind of rock groups from the 80s and That's the thing is music brings you together and it brings generations together. And Don McLean writing a song in 1971 about an event that changed music history in 1959 brought awareness now to Gen X, because like that's that was our generation when it came out. So that song was five years old when I came out. But I clearly remember hearing it all the time. Someone was always playing it. Someone was always talking about this is Buddy Holly, the big bopper and Richie Valens plane crash. And you couldn't look these things up back in the 80s when we were hearing about it, you know, when we were old enough to understand what that meant the day the music died. So, you know, you would hear these little snippets, and it just sounded so horrible. Your choice was a freezing cold bus or a plane that ended up crashing. And, you know, it's all for a tour, right? All for making people happy and bringing enjoyment to kids. And they were so dedicated to that that they were willing to do anything to get there. And it was just tragically cut short and I love American Pie. And if you guys have been listening from the beginning or you go back to what I have labeled season two, my god sister Melinda is on that podcast with me a lot. I don't know if we mentioned it. I just can't remember. But years ago, when we stopped making mixed tapes and started burning CDs, we would make each other gifts all the time and I had this mixed tape that had everything from Boston to Jim Croce on it. I loved it. It was so worn and warped that the songs were slowing down because the tape had pulled so much from being played. It was finally gone after like the gold Saturn whatever gross car <laughs> it was finally sold or traded in. So the original song American Pie is 8 minutes and 42 seconds and I managed to find I think a shorter version I don't know I think it was a whole song and I put it on this burned mix CD with a bunch of other songs can't remember what any of them are but I wrote on the CD you'll have to listen to find out what I put on this because I didn't even label it I just wanted it to be a surprise and that was one of the songs and Melinda told me she still has the CD and plays it and listens to the songs with her son. And I can't even believe how much that means to me because I still have a scarf that she made me that's like six feet long that I wrap around me in the winter. It is a burgundy and gold knitted scarf. And Melinda's really good like, at knitting, sewing, baking, all that good stuff. I'm not good at any of that. And I will make you a great mixed CD, though, and a mixed tape So that's kind of how the song traveled through our lives, that in the late 90s, when we could burn CDs and make each other gifts, I gave her that CD with that song on it because we had heard stories from our parents and then, of course, had seen La Bamba and... We had the internet so we could look up a little bit of the information about it and learn more which i did so i'm bringing you that history today but what a day what a day but thank you to don mclean be sure to check out the documentary the story of the day the music died on paramount plus and you know it's just it's just a shame i would wonder really wonder what music would have been had these three artists lived, had Elvis lived, John Lennon, even Prince George Michael Bowie now, it's just, there's so many, there's too many to name. But these three men were pioneers of rock and roll because before that in the 40s, it was big band music. It was swing music, which is again, great. But every now and then you have to have a new invention. And in the 50s, it was rock and roll. And then in the 60s, we got the Beatles and the Stones. And in the 70s, it was a lot of disco. In the 80s, it was rock and then punk and new wave. And then in the 90s, we had grunge. And then it keeps growing and changing because everyone is always craving something new, something that can hit their soul. And Big Bopper. Buddy Holly and Richie Valens knew that and were absolutely taken from this earth way way too soon with that kind of talent so with that I am going to leave you with this episode thank you so much for tuning in and don't forget to keep art and keep love alive